The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week we discuss booze, student loan forgiveness, and economic indicators. It's been another exciting week in the investment world, so let's crack right into the news. A listener had a follow-up about Darden earnings, specifically the company's comment that customers are spending less on alcohol when dining out, and what I thought that meant. Before I get to that, and I will, let's look at the market for booze in the U.S. According to data firm Statista, revenue in the alcoholic drinks market will amount to $284 billion in 2023. The market is expected to grow annually by 5.5% until 2027, and by volume, the market's largest segment is beer, followed by wine, and then spirits. Some other numbers. Per person, revenues of $842 are expected in 2023. 1.5% of all alcohol sales will be generated online through 2023. And by 2027, 45% of spending and almost a quarter of volume of consumption in the alcoholics drink market will be attributable to out-of-home consumption. Think places like bars and restaurants. Which brings us back to Darden. Despite the longer-term trends for out-of-home consumption looking positive, Darden is seeing a temporary slowdown in the alcohol consumption at their restaurants. What does this mean? This could be a canary in the coal mine situation, predictive of future economic activity. Consumers are clearly spending less on booze while dining out, perhaps in favor of drinks at home before or after a meal. If this is true, it would be consistent with consumer habits on booze going into and during a recession. During a recession, consumers consume as much or even more alcohol than normal but do so more at home, and also trade down in price point. I will be closely watching earnings from alcohol producers Diageo, maker of Guinness and Captain Morgan, as well as Constellation Brands, maker of Corona and Robert Mondavi Wine, who report in July. Those companies' earnings should give some insight into consumer behavior on booze. The U.S. Supreme Court shot down the controversial plan to forgive billions of dollars in federally backed student loan debt. What are the ramifications for this decision? Originally, those eligible under the administration's plan would receive up to $10,000 in forgiveness for federal loans if their annual income was under $125,000 or $250,000 per household. Eligible borrowers who received Pell Grants were also eligible to receive another $10,000 in relief. The court's decision now means that millions will have to start making repayments later this year, 
it was estimated that 20 million borrowers would have had their student loans forgiven as part of the plan. The total number of borrowers with student loan debt is 43 million. Those who were granted a pause will have to resume making interest payments on September 1 and regular payments starting in October. The Congressional Budget Office estimated that the program would cost U.S. taxpayers $400 billion over the next three decades. The U.S. Department of Education estimates that federally-backed student loan debt now totals more than $1.7 trillion. A slew of economic indicators was released this week. Unemployment claims, consumer spending, and personal consumption expenditures all tell us something about the economy. So where are we? The number of Americans filing new claims for unemployment benefits fell by the most in 20 months, offering an upbeat picture of the labor market. The unexpected decline in applications reported by the Labor Department on Thursday reversed a recent jump. So, for now, there is no sign of a substantial deterioration in demand for workers. U.S. consumer confidence increased in June to the highest level in one and a half years, boosted by renewed labor market optimism, steady business spending, and a housing market revival due to new home sales rebounding. Consumers under the age of 35 were a main driver of confidence this month. Finally, the Commerce Department reported that PCE, an inflation measure that's closely watched by the Fed, slowed in May due to falling energy prices. Prices broadly increased by 3.8% last month from a year earlier, slower than the 4.3% the previous month. Core PCE, a measure of prices that takes out volatile food and energy, climbed by 0.3%, slightly below the previous month's increase. Prices coming down is a sign that inflation is slowing, which is welcome news to consumers and justifies the Fed's rate policy. This relatively upbeat data, however, suggests that the Fed will likely have to continue raising interest rates to slow demand in the overall economy. Next week, the whip takes a break. Everyone, please have safe and fun Independence Day celebrations. Thank you for listening, and please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you in two weeks.